What's going on, Bachelor fans? Let's talk a little bit more about Max Klesman. Let's go under the hood of one of the greatest five-minute stretches of basketball you're ever going to see at Wisconsin. Let's go. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Badger fans? Welcome to Lockdown Badgers. Thank you for making this one your first listens every day. I really do appreciate it. For all the everydayers, thank you so much for helping us build this community. I'm your host, Ryan Herrings. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown to get started. All right, let's get into it. All right, because I wanted to, to go back and rewatch the Indiana game, specifically that stretch where Klesman just went, where he went nuclear, because... You're not going to see many games like that, Badger fans. You're not going to see many stretches like that. That might be the best five and a half minutes of, of basketball you'll ever see from a Badgers player. Not the most important. Don't get me wrong. Right There's shots that like Sam Decker has hit in March that are more important uh, shots than what Klesman just did. But just from a totality of taking over a game, that might be about as good as it gets. So I wanted to go under the hood. What was Wisconsin doing schematically? What was Max Klesman doing? Uh, was there something different there? What did Indiana do to try to counter it? Hint, not much. That is a terribly coached team. Terribly coached team. But let's start. So we're, we're going to pick up this up about 17-24, second half. Indiana's made a little bit of a run to close the gap. So Klesman gets the ball in the wing. This is the start of the cavalcade, the start of the avalanche. Klesman gets the ball in the wing. Great pump fake. And what you're going to see in all these, kind of as we go through what he did, just the all-around skill set, versatility, IQ, it's all on display here. So he gets the ball in the wing. Great pump fake, gets his guy in the air, was number five, drives in, uh, finds Chucky Hepburn. So now Indiana scrambling, all set up because Klesman got into the paint. Uh, as soon as Hepburn gets it, Hepburn drives, and then Klesman does what he does so well. He relocates, he plays off of Hepburn, gets to the corner. Indiana doesn't tag him. Hepburn turns around, finds him wide open, three-pointer. All set up initially by Klesman with the pump fake and getting into the paint. Okay, next possession come down, 16-57. Klesman feeds the post from the wing. He's on the other side of the court now. He feeds Stephen Crowell in the wing. Um, Chucky kind of sets a down screen on Klesman's guys. He again relocates. So Crowell gets the ball. Klesman again relocates. Indiana doesn't pay attention. Crowell with a nice feed, top of the key. Uh, Klesman bangs it again, second three. Again, both of these off relocation. Both of these are really poorly done defensively by Indiana. Right? Just really terrible off-ball defense. But listen, good offense takes advantage of bad defenders. Right. If Klesman had just stood there, stood there and done nothing, Indiana probably wouldn't have reacted. He moved a little bit and he got a nice screen from Chucky. So now he's hit two threes. You're starting to feel it. Okay. Um, and then let's look at the other end too. 1632 in this stretch. He's guarding the ball. Now we're playing defense. He's just hit a couple threes. He's feeling it. So many guys are one-way players, right? When they're feeling on offense, they're not playing defense and vice versa. He's down there. He fights over a pick and roll. This is at the 1632 mark. Uh, completely gums up Indiana's action, helps force a contested three. They miss it. So he's playing both ways. We come back down 14-43. Again, feeding the post. He got his first three looks kind of off of movement, off of feeding the post or off feeds from Hepburn. So he feeds the post from the wing. Indiana doubles off Max. He They double off of Max, which is nuts to me. Um, Max reads it, moves towards baseline, hits another three. So really the third time in a row, um, action initiated by Max Klesman either into the post or by driving. He's going to hit that action and then relocate, and Indiana doesn't move with him very well. They don't they don't tag him. They don't have eyes open. Um, their off-ball defense is really bad. It's like awareness, nothing, right? But credit to Max. He's taking advantage of bad defenders by moving, right? So he's got three threes now. 
Next play on defense, he's coming back down. Now, again, because he's still playing defense at 14-14. Indiana gets the ball in the corner. Max with a great closeout to three. Forces a contested shot. They miss it. We come back down. Um, Indiana, now Max Klesman gets run over setting a screen. That's a foul on Indiana. So now you're starting to get fouls uh, racked up on Indiana as well in this stretch by Klesman. 14 minutes. um, You have that four-point play. So now it's an out-of-bounds play. Klesman comes around a double screen. It's it's, Crowell. no, it's not Corral. It's Blackwell and Carter on a double screen coming off that out-of-bounds play. So, basically, this is all set up. This is something great guard put in. They're running it for him. This is a really nice action by guard. right? They throw the ball into Corral, and then they have Klesman coming off a double screen, and then Blackwell rolls off that screen to take some of the defense with them. Um, Indiana does a pretty good job in this one, actually fighting over the screens, trying to stay on top of Klez. Klez gets the ball, fires it right away. He's in rhythm. Honestly, you can't let that guy touch the ball in that situation defensively when he's just hit three threes. Indiana did an okay job. Klesman hits a really tough three, bangs the free throw, four-point play, which, again, also gets another foul on Indiana. So in this stretch, he's not just scoring. He's playing defense, and he's getting Indiana in foul trouble. Like, he's just contributing everywhere. Um, Next time down the court, he does get beat for a layup. Xavier Johnson had that really nice kind of in-the-paint spin move shot. Now, they come back up on offense 13-31, so we're still in this stretch, right? Klez has hit three threes at this point, four threes at this point, a free throw. Um, they set him up with a side pick and roll. Uh, it's him and Carter Gilmore, and he does a really good job. He comes off the pick and roll. He gets Xavier Johnson, an Indian defender, on his hip. So now they're really running offense for Max, right? They they recognize, and this is another one. This is good coaching from guard. This is good execution from the offense. He's hit multiple threes. Now they're going to get him in action. They're going to get him in a side pick and roll where the other three offensive players for Wisconsin are on the other side of the court, and they're just going to let Max cook a little bit. So I I – Ideally, I wouldn't have Carter Gilmore in that side pick and roll action with with Max. I would probably have Blackwell or someone else who can be a little more of a pick and pop guy. But, you know, uh, Klesman comes off, gets um, really nice action off that pick and roll. Indiana doesn't do a very good job at all of helping. He gets Xavier Johnson on his hip. hits a really tough kind of floater in the paint. Gets a foul, hits that as well. That's a really tough shot. So we talk about the skill set of, of Max Klesman. Now you're seeing on display, right, multiple three-pointers getting to the free throw line. And now you're seeing a floater off a pick and roll um, in the paint. There's a lot of things going on there, right? The ball handling from Klesman, navigating the pick and roll, reading the defense, um, understanding when to pull it up, and then hitting that tough floater. You're seeing a lot of skill sets on display here from Klesman. So he hits the floater, gets fouled, hits that shot. Um, Really nice job on that play. Again, Stephen Crowell had a great seal on that play to keep his defender out of that pick and roll action as well. So all the pieces kind of moving in cohesion here. Um, Next play coming down on defense. Uh, Klez digs in, forces a turnover. Uh, the ball went in the post. Klezman dug down, forced a turnover. So, again, now, like you're seeing, he's lighting it up on, on offense. But defensively, he's in there. He's digging into the post. He forces a turnover. Wisconsin gets the ball back. This is a, an incredible stretch of basketball for Max Klezman on both sides of the court, drawing fouls, getting to the line, hitting three-pointers, and forcing turnovers. So now he's bringing the ball up. Like, he's straight – he gets the ball. He's straight bringing it up. He's playing point right now. Kamari McGee's in the game with him, but this is Klesman's show at this point. It has shifted to Klesman's show. He brings the ball up. Um, Xavier Johnson is guarding him straight up. Xavier Johnson's a pretty quick uh, defender. That's number zero in Indiana. Pretty quick guy. Good guard. Klez just toasts him, right? He just sets him up, goes with a right to left, quick crossover, gets in the paint. Uh, he leaves him in, in the dust. Like, I was blown away going back and looking at it. I, it's almost like Xavier didn't expect Klesman to be able to handle the ball like that. Really impressive. Also terrible off-ball defense by Indiana. They're, 
their defense is atrocious. Uh, I might post some stills of, of what you see from Indiana's defense, but Klesman gets right by him, goes into the lane, and that was that tough left-handed finish off the glass, right, where the shot blocker came over. Again, we he, the, the previous possession, he came down and he finished with a tough floater. Now he's going high off the glass with the left hand over a shot blocker. I'm telling you, that's such a tough shot. You're seeing it all on display in this game from Klesman. So he that happens. Um, very next possession defensively, uh, he goes uh, off ball. He's this is the opposite of what Indiana's doing. Indiana's off ball defense. They they are like looking at UFOs in the air. I mean, they are they are spaced out. They are awful. Meanwhile, you go down on our, on Wisconsin side. Klesman is dug in defensively off ball. Here he rotates over baseline. This is twelve fifty two. Rotates over baseline, forces a travel along with Carter Gilmore, forces a turnover there. Very next possession down is when he gets clocked in the jaw by CJ Gunn. So was that the third foul in this stretch he's drawn, right? The third foul he's drawn in this stretch, he calmly goes up, hits those two free throws. And yes, he instigated a little bit. For sure he did. That's called being a smart player. Like he instigated and he got a reaction. So he got a foul on Indiana, got a guy kicked out of the game and got two free throws. Um, does that. Now, now we get the ball again. Klesman at the top of the key. They do a bit of a pick and roll with Winter. He drives down the paint. Um, you really could have had this shot, but now you're seeing the maturity in the game. Remember I talked about, you're going to see all the aspects of Klez's game in this stretch. He drives down the paint off the pick and roll. He's right there. Most players that are this hot are pulling up for a little, either a little floater or they're going to try to finish. He finds Kamari McGee wide open. Indiana's defense had collapsed. Kamari drives in, eventually gets a jumper. So that's, it's not a full assist because McGee had a couple dribbles, but that's basically an assist in this stretch to Klezman. Um Coming back down on defense again. This time, Klesman is uh, playing baseline. Klesman gets back cut. Um, again, we're going to see great rotation from Klesman. He's going to rotate over, get vertical, force a bad pass that Carver Gilmore steals. I mean, Gilmore gets a steal, but that's a turnover that Max Klesman forced. And the the plays he's making at this point on both sides of the court, you're, I'm telling you, you're not going to find a better five-minute, six-minute game-time stretch of basketball from a Wisconsin player. This is another play defensively. These are high, high-level defensive plays. In a game where Wisconsin didn't play great defensively, Klesman is forcing turnovers. His off-ball rotation is elite, elite stuff. Um, there's probably three turnovers he's either forced or hope forced in this six-minute stretch. So now we come back down, and this is this is my favorite play in the entire sequence, bar none. Right? He forces that turnover, that great rotation. Gilmore gets the ball, passes to Blackwell. Blackwell brings it up. Uh, Klesman's going to come up in kind of a, a secondary transition role, which means he's not part of that initial break. He's trailing the play. Blackwell sets him up perfectly, hits him at the top of the key. Now, keep in mind, Klesman has just scored 20 points in a five-and-a-half-minute stretch. He is lights out on fire. He's wide open at the top of the key. The crowd is going nuts. And what does Klesman do? He hits Carter Gilmore for a wide-open layup. Unbelievable. Like, Unbelievable maturity, unbelievable selfishness, unbelievable court awareness and vision. Um, 99%, I'm just telling 99% of shooting guards in college basketball in that type of heat are not passing up a wide open three in transition at home when the crowd is losing their minds. That that speaks to everything he is. So like I said, I I don't know if if y'all got anything out of that, or, but I had to go back and rewatch it. And as I did, I just started taking notes. I'm like, we got to talk about this because the plays he made at the end of this five and a half minute stretch, when the Hoosiers are lying bloodied and battered on the court, right? When the carnage has, has, has stopped and Klesman had finished the assault. Klesman had 20 points in that stretch, two assists, probably three forced turnovers that either he did or he led to like the hockey turnover where he forced a bad pass. 
playing on both ends of the game, it was incredible. Now, some of that is Indiana was hapless, like unbelievably bad. When you really go back and look at their defense rotations, they got plays where their guys are just, again, like uh, they have a play where a guy's following Carter Gilmore around and not paying attention. He's one, he's one pass away and Max drives right by him. Like he's, his back is to Max almost, but either way, like it's one of the greatest individual stretches of basketball you're ever going to see. And it was awesome. It was a lot of fun to go back and watch. And it highlights the two-way versatility of Max Klesman. Because even in games where he's not going to give you that scoring outburst, those defensive plays, the, the rotation, the off-ball toughness, it's all there. So, anyway, um, definitely want to go back and take a look at that because you're not going to see many games like that in a Wisconsin uniform or in any uniform, quite frankly. We're going to take a quick break. Then we're going to come back with a couple things this basketball team has to do if it's going to hit its lofty goals. goals sorry. There are There's a real road here for this team to potentially win the Big Ten. But it has to do a few things differently. We're going to talk about that next on Lockdown Badgers. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our good friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel remains the number one source for all of your sports betting needs, all your sports betting information, America's number one sports book, the sports book we go to. Um, the app is easy to use. There's so many different ways to bet. You have live games, uh, live same game parlays. Um, there's bets you can go to the Explore tab and find new bets and new action that you haven't used before. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. Um, there's more. There's teasers. There's futures. It's all there. The app is incredibly easy to use. It's fast. It's simple. The payouts are easy. And it is a great, great place. Please do responsibly, but it's a great place to do have all your sports betting action. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make it your first and make your first bet a layup with the new customers. Get $150 in, uh, $150 in bonus bets. Guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets. Win or lose. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the NFL. All right, let's talk about goals and let's talk about how we get there. Because I didn't think this team was, I didn't think this team was going to have, certainly not, not be in the position they're in right now. They, they are potentially in, along with Purdue, one of those team, two teams is winning the Big Ten, um, unless something hap- happens here. Um, obviously, they'll, they'll play head-to-head. Uh, that might end up deciding it. It's a tough matchup for Wisconsin. But there's a chance here. Wisconsin could win the Big Ten. What needs to happen, right? What needs to to change or get a little bit better? The first one, we've talked about it, but I wanted to bring up some numbers to back up what we're saying. Defensive consistency has to get better. Now, I'm I'm said it before, people have disagreed with me. If how many years have we badger fans, have we spent begging for more offense, right? Have we watched Wisconsin basketball teams win 55 to 51 and the defense has been great, but we're like, can we just please score? And now we're scoring and we're like, can we just please defend? Be a little realistic with it. You're not you're not going to maintain that defensive efficiency and effectiveness holding teams to 50 if you're scoring 80 now. It's, that's just not how basketball works. We're going to give up more points, but can we force tougher, more concept, uh, contested shots? Can we consistently force the other team to take more, you know, longer twos, contested post-up shots? Because right now teams are shooting too well against us. Even acknowledging that our offense is better and the defense is going to drop off a little bit, parts of it have dropped off too far. From an efficiency standpoint, um, it's a middle of um, I think the, the defense efficiency is kind of a middle of the pack Big Ten. The shooting efficiency is even lower right right now. And here's here's what I want to talk about right now. Wisconsin is giving up um, opponents field goal percentage of 46 percent defensively. I went back and looked at the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine teams that won the Big Ten. Right. In some years, there's multiple teams because it's a tie. But the last nine teams that won the Big Ten, keep in mind, our opponents are shooting 46% from the field against us, okay? The last nine teams that won the Big Ten, 
Those percentages are 42, 41, 43, 44, 41, 40, 38, 38, 41. In other words, teams that have won the Big Ten, their opponents shoot between 38 and 44%. So in other words, no team has ever won the – oh, I shouldn't say ever. In the last, you know, five-ish, ten years, no team has won the Big Ten, allowing teams to shoot as well as Wisconsin is allowing their opponents to shoot. So that has to come down, Right. You, you have to get a little better defensively. And it's not a lot better. You have to get better in the margins. You have to uh, – it's a rotation a lot of times. I think there's been a lot of looks Wisconsin has given up in transition. Get a little bit better defensively in transition, right? Get a little bit better at the rim, keeping penetration out. You keep penetration out, that forces a second pass. That second pass can often be contested. Uh, maybe it's a fumbled pass. You put the offense on their heels a little bit. Now they're shooting a contested two because the shot clock's running down. you got to do a better job keeping people out of the paint. And you got to do a better job in defensive transition uh, because uh, opponents are just shooting too well right now. And it would be a statistical anomaly for Wisconsin to win the Big Ten if we continue to let opponents shoot at that clip, even with a good offense, even with a much better offense. Right. Defensively, it has to get a little better. It doesn't have to be elite. You don't have if you have a great offense. There's there, I, I always laugh when I when I hear the phrase defense wins championships. I mean, teams win championships, right? Like teams win championships. Defense is a big part of it, but so is offense. So the offense has gotten a lot better. Your defense doesn't have to be one of the, the two or three best defense in the Big Ten, but it has to be upper middle pack. It can't be um, right now. If here's another one: effective field goal percentage. Wisconsin is dead last in the Big Ten. Dead last. Now some of that, some of that. Let's be fair. Some of that is they played a harder schedule. They played some better offensive teams. That impacts it. Um, I don't think that they're not the worst. They're not the worst defense in the Big Ten. Um, and there's other defensive efficiency stats that have Wisconsin, you know, kind of right in the middle of the pack. I think they need to be fourth, fifth, sixth. You know, I, so there needs to be a little bit of a jump there if Wisconsin is going to seriously challenge for the Big Ten title and make them run in March because that's seriously incredibly important as well. So that's my first key. You have to find a way to force opponents to shoot a little more contested shots, which means keeping them out of the rim a little bit, matching up in transition. That could be rotations. That could be a few things, but the defense has to get incrementally better, period. All right, my next one here. Um, I think this is a tough one because I don't know where these minutes will always come from. you got to find a way to get John Blackwell a few more minutes, in my opinion. Down the stretch run, he's proven himself. Uh, right now, he's six on the team in minutes played, but he's considerably behind the five starters, right? The five starters are all... 470 minutes and up that, that they played this year. Blackwell's at 337. Yes, 337. So he's he's a big chunk behind that that top five. But statistically, by just about every measure, he's one of your three or four best players. You got to find a way to, to eat some minutes out of, out of someone else's pot and give them to Blackwell. I, I He's just too good, in my opinion. He's too valuable. You know, he's if, if you look at what he does, and, and well, let's start here, right? Because someone's going to say, well, where the minutes come from? I think it can come from a few spots, right? I think potentially, uh, let's see if he can play a little bit of the backup one. I've said previously, I don't know if I want him in that role, but in spurts, I, I think he could probably do it. Uh, maybe it's a few minutes from Tyler Wall uh, when Wall's struggling, and then you go a little smaller. I, I've talked about it a bunch. I would love to see a little bit of small ball uh, Wisconsin, and it, whether it's um, Blackwell to four, and then you're playing like, Chucky, Klesman, and AJ Store. Maybe AJ Store is the four actually there. Yeah. But whatever it is, I think you could find ways to buy him a couple more minutes because when you do, he plays, he, he's so good, right? His per 40 minutes, he'd be the second high score on the team. 
right? He he would lead the team in free throw attempts. Like his he's unbelievable at it. The the per forty. If he played as much as everyone else, he makes such a contribution that I don't think you can afford to have him leg that far behind the other five guys. Um, I think you got to find a way to get him a couple more minutes. And then my last key would be, and I think I don't think guard has done a terrible job of this, but I think he could be a little more consistent. Find ways to. The last four games for, for Connor Siege, and he's played seven minutes, three minutes, seven minutes, six minutes. Can you find a way to get him around eight minutes a game? Just a tick more, right? Because I think you're going to need him. If, if this team really wants to make a run, I think Connor is a guy you're going to need some minutes, more consistent minutes off the bench from. And again, that's not easy. Where do those minutes come from? Um, I'm not asking for a ton for Connor right now, but a way to, to give him more consistent rhythm so he can potentially find a shot. And then if he finds a shot, this team gets a lot better down the stretch because the ceiling's higher with his ability to space the floor. I think he's played better. I think he's looked better the last couple of games. Now let's let's reward him a little bit uh, and give him a few extra minutes. That's tough with the way Klesman's been playing. I acknowledge that. That's tough with the way Hepburn has controlled the game. But Hepburn's been a little inconsistent recently. Maybe there's a couple minutes there where Klesman can slide over to the point or, like I said, give Blackwell a couple minutes and then Connor can play with uh, Blackwell and Klesman potentially. I just think you got to find a way if you really want to maximize this to get Connor not seven minutes, then three minutes, then seven minutes. More like eight minutes, six minutes, eight minutes, nine minutes. Let him get consistent in a role and see what's there would be my opinion. All right, we're going to take a quick break and come back with some of your comments, including uh, further thoughts on Colin Hitchler. Uh, who is the best recruiter on the staff? Right there is a bit of a disagreement there. So more of that coming up after the break on Lockdown Badgers. And also a quick second to say thank you all so much for tuning in the show. You guys are amazing, incredible, and I appreciate you so, so much. All right, let's get some comments in here. The first one is, and this, Michael, like I kind of talked about this too. He said, why does Gard not play Connor first poor defense, but the rest of the team gets their minutes with their poor defense? I I don't I don't want to, I don't think he's singling. Sing, oh my gosh, I cannot pronounce that word. Um, I don't think, I think, well, for starters, I, Connor's defensive struggles have been at times much worse than some of the other guys. But I, I do ag agree with you in the sense that I want Connor to have a more consistent, excuse me, more consistent role. I, I really do want that. I don't think the rest of the team gets a pass for, for poor defense or anything like that. I think they've generally been better defenders than Connor. And quite frankly, Connor hasn't shot well. So that that's a hard thing for guard to figure out. But I, if the point is, can we get him a more consistent role? I, I agree with that. Will Hanna says, uh, speaking of that 24 class, on paper, there's not a dog in the bunch. I think at least I think he's referring to the 24 class because he was commenting on the Jameer Scott video. Yeah, you got to love how this class in 24 started, right? The secondary pieces, um, you really, really got to be impressed with the, the the group that they've brought in so far. And some of the names are still on. I'm excited to see where that 24 class goes. You know, this is recruiting is all about building relationships into the future, right? So this staff is going to start laying the foundation years in advance because that's how it works, right? So this 24 class, they've been building that foundation for a while, and there's a chance it could be as good or better than last year's class. And then they're going to continue to build that forward with Max and Pat. So I'm I'm excited to see it too. I think it's a really good start to this class. Now, can we get some defense alignment, please? This is from Mr. October. He said, let Trestle receive safeties and get a dedicated linebackers coach to get the most out of that entire positional group, assuming they are also a plus recruiter. I mean, so, so you still have Mitchell in there. Right. If, if you're talking about getting a, a dedicated linebackers coach, maybe you get he, Mitchell's the outside guy. So I don't know if you're talking about just getting an inside linebacker coach and then have Trestle coach the safeties. Trestle has experience coaching safeties. So I think that's fine. Um, yeah, I think that's fine. 
honestly, whichever way you can go to get the best fit, I think is, is what makes sense. Now we've talked about some of the names up there for potential safeties coach. You know, if they decide to shift Trestle over there, we'll see what happens. Um, but it really, it's just, to me, it's about finding the best fit, whether shifting Trestle and then finding a dynamic inside linebackers coach, or it's about keeping Trestle where he's at. And then you go and find a dynamic safety coach, but you got to get a dude. And I think Fickle will. I really do. This is from Robert Sorensen. He said, going back to 2020, recruiting was successful. You saw the staff was getting guys to commit early, then focusing on the following year. I think the staff is finally starting to get back to that. Yeah, that's kind of what I just said. I think it's a great point, Robert, because the more consistency you can have, the more continuity you can have, the more you can start, you, you get guys to recruit early, and then you already start laying the groundwork for the 2025 class, the 2026 class. And the longer these guys are here, the more they're going to be able to do that. That's something that gets lost when a new staff comes in. You know, that previous staff has been building relationships years out in advance. And some of that kind of has to start over when you start over with a new staff. So that continuity is going to start being felt here a little bit more. And I have a lot of faith in, in Pat Lambert and Max Steinecker. Like those guys, those guys get it from a recruiting standpoint. And you know they're laying the foundation for years in advance. Uh, this is from Ferb. He said, I like Hitch a lot. I just don't see how him leaving is going to affect the kids in the 24 and 25 class. Max and Pat are the ones we can't afford to lose. Yeah, that's a good point, Ferb. I, I, Max and Pat are certainly cornerstones to building this program in the right way. Uh, I think Hitch affects you. Like Hitch is a, I've said before, Hitch is a salesman and he's a really good one, right? So that does impact you. Uh, he's he's made inroads with a lot of kids, and you do have to kind of restart those relationships to some degree with with different with different coaches, different point men. Um, listen, I I've said it before. There's a reason Alabama came and got him. And it's, it's not because he's a bad recruiter. It's, it's quite the opposite. Like they, they've seen what he can do and they understand the importance of that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you on, on Max and Pat. And I'm also like, Vic's going to get a good guy. Vic, Vic is going to get a good hire. Um, so yeah, I'm not overly worried about it. I think it's a blow though. And I think it has the, the chance to upset some of the momentum this recruiting staff has built. This is slim. Uh, talking about, Best recruiter on the staff. He's talking about Hitchler. He said he's not the best recruiter on the coaching staff. Quarterback is the most important position on the field. Longo in about 14 months has brought in the second, third, and fourth most talented quarterbacks in UW history. That's a good point. Yeah. Like that's that's a really solid point. I would still say like Hitch was able to recruit outside of his position and, and lay the groundwork for a lot of people. But quarterback, if you want to look at it through the lens of who's doing who's getting the most important pieces in here, that is Longo. And Longo is landing incredibly heralded kids. By the way, like Baby Lock, you know, in the in the twenty four class, he's a, like Landon Lock could be a monster. That that from everything I've heard, I've talked to his coach. Like, yeah, like Longo does work getting quarterbacks. There's no doubt about it. So no, that's a good point, Slim. All right, we're gonna wrap it up there. Really do appreciate everybody tuning in uh, for the Max Klesman is a God show. <laughs> Um, on Wisconsin. We'll definitely talk more this week for sure. A bunch of stuff coming up on Wisconsin, and we'll talk later.